I'm Eric Peterson, your host of Crime Stoppers in Action. The local Great Falls Cascade County Crime Stoppers program began in 1985. It's run by a volunteer board of directors made up of local citizens and the program is coordinated by members of the Cascade County Sheriff's Office and Great Falls Police Department. This nonprofit organization and the rewards it provides tipsters are funded entirely by contributions from community members and no tax dollars go to support this program. For more information on the local Crime Stoppers program, please visit the official City of Great Falls public website at greatfallsmt.net forward slash police forward slash crime hyphen stoppers hyphen zero. On April 3rd, 2023, Alliance for Youth held a fentanyl educational event at the University of Providence. The presentation included an hour-long ABC News documentary entitled Poisoned, America's Fentanyl Crisis. This program can be viewed online in its entirety on the ABC News website. Following the documentary, there was a question and answer period featuring members of the Great Falls Fire and Rescue and Police Departments. The program opened with a talk to the students from the Vice President for Student Engagement and Athletics Dr. Joel Blumel. Hello, everybody. Hi. All right, great. Um, my, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Joel Blumel. I serve as Vice President for Student Engagement and Athletics here and do not want to take up very much time at all because I know that there are several people in the room that have a 720 appointment or as close as possible with the National Championship men's basketball game. Um, but I did want to give a little context to this, right? So there's a lot going on this time of year, especially on a college campus. Um, I just want to acknowledge the fact that I'm sure, um, let's say that there might not be intrinsic motivation from everyone in the room to be here, right? I'm sure some people are like, do you know how much stuff I have going on this time of year? Or maybe even coming in with a little salty attitude of like, this is the last place that I want to be. Right? So I'm new to campus, and so why would I call in a chip to ask people to come to this where the risk could be saltiness or maybe less than, like, the one thing I want to do to end the semester? It's because this is so important. If this issue is not on your radar, this issue needs to be on your radar. And I often joke that I have the opportunity as a college administrator to talk about things that nobody cares about until they care about them, and then they care about them deeply, okay? So when we had this opportunity to partner, I wanted to get this on your radar so it doesn't take a tragedy to put it on your radar. So I really do appreciate you being here, um, but I did want to set that context because sometimes it's, I don't think we always do a good job of explaining like, why is this so important uh, for college students, especially who often think that they're invincible and that nothing bad is ever going to happen to them um, until then they wish they would have known. So hopefully after this, you will know more than you do right now.
Great Falls Fire and Rescue Deputy Fire Chief Jeremy Verts and Great Falls Police Department Sergeants Katie Cunningham and Joe DeSotko fielded questions on fentanyl provided from the students. University of Providence Assistant Athletic Director Jim Sargent moderated the event. Dr. Blummel uh, is very instrumental in bringing this together. You can give him a round of applause for instrumenting this and getting it going. Doctor, thank you. We appreciate what you do. Okay. But as I'm standing back there, you guys are in the invincible. There's nothing that's going to hurt you guys. Wrong. Yeah, and it's weird to me because... Uh, and one of the questions that I'm going to start with, and I don't care who answers it, but Tennessee, uh, what was it, Virginia, West Virginia, it's not in Montana. We're a small town America. It'll never hit here. Right? Wrong. So one of you want to talk about that, how it is really become a, a problem for small communities and, and everybody, obviously. So my name is Joe DeSotko. If you guys, can you guys hear me? Okay. I'm currently a patrol sergeant with the Great Falls Police Department. Prior to this, I was a general case detective. Um, the question is, how does this affect small communities? I don't have statistics or anything like that, but I can tell you right now, um, my patrol folks today have already responded to two of these. So, and I know these guys have, uh, have gone out there as well. This is something that is affecting our community. It is very prevalent here. Um, it's real, guys. Just today, like he was talking about, at 1.10 p.m., a 20-year-old girl overdoses on fentanyl at her house. 4.45 in the afternoon, we go back to the same house for another fentanyl overdose with her dad. So that's, that's how close to home it is. And it's not a neighborhood that you would um, stereotype to have this fentanyl involved in. It's, you look at the house, it's not a house that you would think anybody would be in, be in there doing fentanyl. So it's... It's very close to home, and you think about putting patrolmen on the streets going emergent to this house. You put an 80,000-pound fire truck going emergent to this house. That's, it's like throwing a, a small rock in a, in a big pond. That's where the ripples go out to. So, There's a small amount that affects people that we, we've uh, found out on the video. How do you guys protect yourselves? I mean, how do you not get in contact when you're rushing in and you're trying to save these lives? Is, is there precautions that you guys take? So at least on the patrol side, that's one of the, the scariest things that we're dealing with um, because there, there isn't a set amount that's going to kill you. We don't know how infected these houses are. Um, all of our patrol units, we do carry Narcan, um, and that's basically in the event that when we're trying to save someone's life, one of us goes down. Um, so trying to use PPE, uh, again, limit your exposure to what you're touching, um, but in I mean, when you're trying to give CPR to someone, it's kind of on the, the back burner of your mind. You're not really thinking about what you're touching. You're just trying to save someone's life. And then eventually it's getting on you. Um, and then, I, I mean, I'm in my patrol uniform right now. And I've been, again, I've been at this house a couple times today. And I don't know how much I have on me. So don't come up and give me a hug. <laughs> I'm going to move away. <laughs> I'm a fat guy. One of the questions that came from our audience, have you found fentanyl laced in marijuana in Great Falls? And then uh, they also want you, what about the colored candy-looking fentanyl? So laced in marijuana in Great Falls. Is it, has any signs of that? Say anything like that? Yeah, I'm not sure about the, the marijuana issue. Um, I know that people are mixing it on their own. I don't know if it's being sold as a mix. What I can tell you is that 
this last week when we tested a parent, she tested hot for fentanyl. She almost went over sideways because she said, I only use marijuana. And so that was a clear indication to her that she probably got it through marijuana. Um, so I can't answer that for sure as far as it being introduced to marijuana or not. It would not surprise me. Yeah. And then the other one was uh, for somebody, uh, what about the colored candy-looking look fentanyl? Yeah, so there's new fentanyl that's come out now. It's same circle type stuff. Looks kind of like the blue ones you guys saw on the screen, but they are like pastel colors. They're almost candy color looking. Um, just appeasing to the eye. It's just something to attract something new. How would a common person be walking around and know someone was on this? I mean, how, like with meth, you always had like the hair got really kinky, the teeth, things like that. Is there some signs that you can tell that people are on? As far as for if they're on fentanyl and using fentanyl? Yeah. No, by the time we see them, they're usually down. They're either dead or they're passed out or someone's given them CPR. That's how we run into them. I don't see people walking down the street that I can say that person's using fentanyl um, because generally when they're doing when they do, when we get involved, it's, uh, it's when they've overdosed on it. Mm -hmm. What would a normal or what should a normal person do if they came upon someone that was down? Uh, I mean, we're not going to determine it's on fentanyl, I wouldn't think. But if somebody collapsed in front of me, what, what is my procedure? What should I do as just a common person? Well, that's just kind of where the Good Samaritan comes in. If you're comfortable and you know CPR, um, that's one thing. But the first thing you should do is just pick up a phone, dial 911, and give good directions to the dispatcher. And they will direct you and give you advice on how to handle that situation. Um, so that would be my advice is to just pick up the phone and dial 911 and get people that know what they're doing headed your way. I think you guys kind of answered this one. But this one says, what does fentanyl look like in Great Falls? I think it's one and the same that we talked about. One other thing that we're focusing on heavily, too, right now is that um, a lot of people want to think that the that drug users are the first victims to uh, to drugs, but in all actuality, it's the children living in these homes, um, and it's the kids who are being exposed to fentanyl. We're getting uh, positive fentanyl results on on kids all the time. It's coming to me weekly. I supervise the special victims unit, so all the <clears throat> offenses against children come to me, and I'm getting kids every week testing positive for fentanyl, um, and so they're building a tolerance just like their parents are. Um, just this weekend, we had a child, a two-year-old, overdose on fentanyl. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a matter of, a, of an emergency. So if we're talking about the state of Great Falls, we're not just talking about the, the people who are cho choosing to use it, but it's a matter of the kids who are, are blameless victims in the entire thing. Um, great question here. I'm not sure who did this one, but uh, Border Patrol. Due to the transfer of the Border Patrol from the southern borders, do, you, do we see more in Montana? Uh, do we see an influx of fentanyl coming through the Canadian border or from the north, northern borders? No, most of, your, most of your fentanyl is coming up from the south, which is why it's more expensive here. So I want to say it's like 30 bucks a pill or something here. Um, if you go further down, like to Mexico, that area is super cheap. It's like mm -hmm. 50 cents to a buck for a pill versus 30 bucks here. It's The risk is higher because you have to transport it farther, um, and you need the people to do it. So that's why it costs more here. So no, it's mostly coming up from the south. I would think on most everybody's mind out there is how do we how do we take care of it? How do we fix it? I was uh, when I was asked to come up here and MC this, I went and started looking up some data in 2011 to 2019. It was a thousand percent increase. It just exploded. What do we do? I mean, uh, we have some politicians and the fight with the borders and opening the borders. 
how do we curtail this? How do we slow it down so we don't have these lives here affected by this? You support your public service agencies is what you do. Um, the problem with the, the way EMS gets involved or the fire department gets involved, it's usually after the fact. But law enforcement is, and they can speak to it, they're extremely short-handed with this. Um, so interdiction is a big thing, public awareness just like this. When somebody gets hooked on it physiologically, uh, we're, we're behind the eight ball. Um, there's only so much we can do for those addicts, but um, what we can do is public awareness and get to you folks. Um, what we can do is support local law enforcement because they, they can talk about forcible felonies, violent crimes. A lot of them probably are related back to um, narcotics in the community or drugs in the community. So um, even though I got a fire code on, I, if, if you were given the opportunity to support a dollar a day um, on your taxes to support law enforcement to beef up their numbers in in help their interdiction um, cause that's that's where you start I think a couple of questions about the uh, narcon use uh, how much is a dose do we know that and uh, in 2022 how many doses did uh, our first responders law enforcement uh, go through so how much is it actually being used well, the stuff that the health department will hand out to you or show you, it, it says four milligrams on the package, but it's always mixed with um, liquid or saline water, basically. So that cuts your dose down to about 3.6 milligrams. Um, it's a very high, con high, high concentration, low volume dose. And the, the issue with that is, and there was a question earlier about what are we doing to protect ourselves from, from the fentanyl, and that's one of the things is we use a different medication route. Um, intranasally. So we don't have to mess with needles. We don't have to get a violent person um, pinned down to start an IV on them. Um, the problem with the, the route that we're giving, it's, it's a, definitely the safest route we have. Um, it's definitely the, probably the most concentrated medication that we've carried. We carry a different form of it as well. Um, but everybody who has seasonal allergies in here, um, who, who's had their nose broke, uh, there's a lot of very various things that can inhibit the absorption of that Narcan in your nose. So um, that's why you're going to see more doses of it used. Um, there's more civilian population trained in it, um, so you're going to see more doses used, and that's okay. If it takes two doses, that's okay. Um, but that's, that's what it's packed into the little nasal atomizers that, that we carry. Um, it's, it's kind of a misnomer how many we've used. Just uh, there, was, there was five used up at the jail in the month of March alone. Um, what I think is happening, I, I don't know, um, people are in the brink of getting arrested. They're probably eating the evidence, swallowing it. And by the time these folks get up to jail, the medication's gone through their gut, uh, been filtered out by their liver, and then it hits them. When the detention officers have them in custody, uh, they're turning blue, um, we get called up there. Um, I don't have an exact number for you um, on the amount used, but the amount used probably doesn't equate to the overdoses that happen. The amount used is probably double or triple what the actual overdoses are. We will use it in, in the scope of a cardiac arrest, it's called prophylactically. We'll, we'll give it just to see what it does or if it has an effect. If it has an effect on somebody in cardiac arrest, we probably know what caused them to go into respiratory arrest and then into cardiac arrest, So, which is okay. We, we, we can use a lot more than, um, than we need to, and it's not going to hurt anybody. And we're not getting calls on all, all the overdoses either. Every time we go do a search warrant for narcotics, they have their own Narcan. They've been administering their own Narcan. They watch each other. They gave it to them. Um, and then once they come out of it, they just move on with their regular life. So we're not even actually getting calls for all the overdoses that are occurring here. So Narcan is available on the streets? You can just... Yeah. 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 They give it out for free. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So uh, as we wrap it up here, I just want to give each one of you a, a final comment, uh, a word of advice, something you'd like to say to uh, our audience here. Uh, just something in the video that stuck, stuck out to me when uh, the gal had the obituary notice of her daughter that got killed. She, she mentioned that they poisoned her. I agree with that somewhat, but we got to take ownership of it, right? Somebody made the decision to take that medication initially. After a while, chemically and physiologically, they can't help it. it just, uh, it's just too overpowering of a medication. But take ownership of it, ownership of it now. Educate your friends, your kids um, on, on what this thing is doing and killing your community. So um, if you take ownership of it now, uh, make the choice not to get involved with it, not to use it, um, that's, that's a good start. Yeah, and in regards to um, what I saw in the video, again, no one, no one starts out just using fentanyl. This is, that's the culmination. We're talking about addiction here, guys, and it starts at that basic level. One of the, one of the questions that was kind of creatively asked about is marijuana and fentanyl being mixed, and that, I mean, if that's a way to ask, can I, do, can I safely use marijuana um, that I'm buying and not worry, have to worry about fentanyl? Guys, that's exactly where it starts. Everyone talks about the gateway drug, okay, but it's addiction, guys. So just not getting involved in any of that to begin with is going to be, I, I think, the best route for you. And I would just say that um, I'm always a voice for the kids. So if you guys see something where you're concerned about with kids or you have concerns that kids are being exposed, you don't need proof. So you just need to call the DFS hotline, the centralized intake hotline and report it, and we go out and investigate it. Um, this is usually the first line in defending these kids and getting them out of these homes and ending the cycle. So, I think all of us would agree, education, education. You guys are here because you're leaders. You guys are the ones that can stop this. Uh, Beth is going to talk about this, I assume, but make sure you pick up one of this because it's exactly what you guys do. It's your phone. It's a scan. It's where you guys can talk to people. You can go and, and talk to the young people coming up after you. I'm old. Now it's up to you. We pass the baton. Dr. Blow and I say, here, take it and run. You got to go and deal with it, okay? So you got to take care of that stuff. Give these guys a round of applause one more time, if you would, please. Thank you so much. This has been a recording of the question and answer period of the Alliance for Youth Fentanyl Educational Event held at the University of Providence on April 3rd, 2023. Additional sessions are scheduled to be presented on Tuesday, April 11th, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. in Wedsworth Hall in Cascade and Tuesday, April 18th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Belt Performing Arts Center in Belt. If you'd like to learn more about the local Crime Stoppers program, please visit the official City of Great Falls public website at greatfallsmt.net forward slash police forward slash crime hyphen stoppers hyphen zero. This is Eric Peterson, your host of KGPR's Crime Stoppers in Action.